1: Hello and welcome back to another 3P podcast episode. This is our sixth episode of the eighth season. Once again, I am your host and I am delighted to be joined by.
2: Well, you forgot your name. I'll go at the end. All right. Well, I'm Steven Benazzo.
1: I'm TJ Hummel. Alex Castle here. And I am your host, Josh Fromowitz, because, you know, Stevie had to cut me off. I had to save the best for last. (laughs) Um, but we got a great show lined up for you, folks. We're going to do some football as always, but it's also basketball season starting next week. So definitely want to dive into some hoops in a little bit. TJ has got his Celtics sweatshirt ready, ready for another season of some Boston disappointment. Castle probably got his Knicks hat ready for another disappointing Julius Randall season. No Skechers. We'll definitely talk about that. And Stevie is, I don't even know what team he's going to root for this year because it's just a mess with Stevie. He's probably going to be a bulls fan and going to probably trash Lonzo ball for not playing this year. Right. Stevie, is that where you're going with this year? You're, you're you're still a bulls fan.
2: I don't know why that changed. I don't know why you're thinking that changed. Uh, What did I say? That made me change.
1: Well, I'm just going by your hockey track was oh, that's, that's
2: a whole different sport. I, you know, that's hockey. This is basketball, man. This is the Bulls, bro. Ain't rocking Jordans for no reason, dude. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, so Stevie is still a Bear. Uh, Bears. Yeah.
2: He's still a Bulls fan for now. Yeah, that should be... I should change the Bears. I don't know what I'm doing with that. Bears
3: and also is temporarily in, in play still.
2: Yeah, a lot of my teams are... Even the Yankees right now, I don't even think they're set in stone like they used to be. Like, I think... This point, I like I said, I don't even think I'm gonna even. Okay, so Stevie's a free agent in all sports. Got it. I think I'm I'm jumping out of the sports pool and jumping into a new hobby pool. So Stevie's
1: gonna be doing movie reviews instead. Got
2: it. Okay. Maybe book reviews. I I'm trying to read more too now that I'm working in the school library. I'm trying to read more. So yeah, maybe maybe a book club.
1: So I'm gonna start with Castle and TJ. We'll talk some Giants and then let you. Think of some books to talk about in the meantime. Does that sound good, Stevie? Perfect. All right, so Castle TJ. Doesn't matter who wants to go, but Giants lost to Buffalo. Pretty much everyone predicted. You guys didn't have any expectations going into the game, unfortunately. No Daniel Jones, no Andrew Thomas, no John Michael Schmitz. But it was a lot closer than anticipated. The one big takeaway and storyline that I want to talk to you guys about is the red zone offense. Not really the play at the end of the game per se, because that was pass interference. That wasn't called, but more so before halftime, Tyrod Taylor audible and off to Saquon and the clock ran out. I think that's just inexcusable. And especially for a veteran quarterback, can't be doing that and that cost the giants three maybe six point definitely three points and ultimately giants couldn't score a touchdown in that game they haven't scored a touchdown since the end of the 49ers game i believe so that's
3: two games now um towards the end of the fourth quarter i believe that they were going on about 220 play like playing minutes without an offensive touchdown. That's just an offensive touchdown, not overall touchdowns, but kind of adds a little more perspective into why we're talking about this.
1: And now you've got the Washington
3: Commanders
1: at home this weekend, and so hopefully that narrative can be flipped very quickly. Otherwise, the tone will be a lot different last week. Castle may not even be here. You're you're going to the game, so
0: I want to hear uh, from you you first, Castle. <clears throat> so starting off with the Buffalo game, you know, I do it to myself. And, and I know TJ is a victim of this as well. We go into these games and we have such high hopes that maybe this is the game that'll turn the ship around. And, you know, the fact that we limited Josh Allen to zero points in the first half is definitely something that can't be knocked but that doesn't mean anything if your kicker is the only one that's producing points it's just it's inexcusable and it's i think the statistic that they provided during the game was <clears throat> excuse me it's been 13 quarters since we've scored an offensive touchdown and there's just really really no no way to justify that now the play with Tyrod Taylor I'll never understand that. Never. Apparently, he had a look where it was favorable for the run. I really don't know what this guy saw, but there was clearly no hole for Saquon. And not only that, but the side that Saquon is running to, the extra block support is Darren Waller and Lawrence Cager, who are not really blocking tight ends. So... I just don't understand. And then, of course, with the no timeouts, there's no real time for the offense to reset and spike the ball. So once you hand that ball off to Saquon, the half is over. And there was another opportunity, too. You drive all the way down, you're on the first, and you can't do anything. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, you know, he definitely had some some decent looks. He didn't get sacked as much which was good to see Um, the line for some of the plays looked okay. I mean, shout out to, to Justin Pugh. I mean, he, he is going to go down as one of my favorite giants now with his recent return to the team straight off the couch. Just the fact that he came in and he played left tackle where he's only had 159 snaps his entire career coming off an ACL injury and just a quick little cool note about him. I don't know if anyone else saw this, but apparently Justin Pugh, um, I guess over the summer was in a restaurant somewhere in New York and Jerry Seinfeld was at the restaurant and he hears Jerry Seinfeld talking. And that was kind of like a sign for him that he wanted to return to the Giants and immediately texted his agent we got to make a return to the giants happen. But anyways, really, really frustrating. Um, and you, you just can't do that. And especially when your head coach is an offensive minded guy who came from one of the best offensive systems we've seen in the last few years, it's just unacceptable. So going into this week's game, I will be there. It's the legacy game. Uh, Really cool what they're going to be doing with the field. It's a one o'clock game. So thankfully no prime time suffering, but you know, Washington is definitely a beatable team. I mean, they're three and three, but it's really just a matter of how we handle their defensive front. I think I saw a stat where um, they've, their offense has allowed Sam Howell to be sacked over 30 times this season. And, What we've seen the last two games from our defense, it's very doable that we can give this guy a hard time. So what it really boils down to, and this is really sad to say for an NFL team that has position and skill guys that can make it into the end zone, if we don't score a minimum of one touchdown, we will not win this game. And I don't really know what it comes down to. I mean, is is the play calling going stale? Is it really the whole offensive line? I mean, Tyrod Taylor, one of the highest paid veteran quarterbacks, can't put up six points. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm not really confident about Jones playing this week. He was practicing today, but no contact. So hopefully Tyrod can pick up off of some of the momentum that we saw with some good plays last week. But Score, 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 and it can't just come from Graham Ganell. Now, TJ, I want to ask you a similar question,
1: just because I know you share the same frustration as Castle. How do you think, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a lot easier said than done, but the Giants, they have guys on offense. Like, when you look at the Giants on paper, they signed players in the offseason like Paris Campbell, you drafted Jalen Hyatt, who
0: I think looked... He got a bunch of looks from Tyrod on Sunday. Him, If, Wondell... that, if the penalty didn't happen, he would have had that huge 30, 40-yard catch. And that's just one thing I want to add quickly is that, funny enough, Tyrod and Hyatt have better chemistry than him and him and DJ. Well,
1: it was probably because he because he was getting uh, the second-team reps, so that makes sense. Uh, Wondell Robinson was also effective. So, how would you... Like, what do the Giants need to do to kickstart this offense? And I know it's loaded, and this could go anywhere, and it's pretty dumb to ask. But like, it's kind of seems like it's at this point that we kind of have to have this conversation about the Giants. Like, how do you kickstart this offense?
3: Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a very loaded loaded question. Um, I think. I think first and foremost they need. I think teams are starting to game plan the Giants where they know the Giants are gonna like throw to their uh, their checkdowns. They're gonna they're gonna throw five ten yards. They're not gonna throw more than that. So I think like to to maybe kickstart the offense, like give Darius Slayton, give Jalen Hyatt, like like deep fades down the field. Use the middle of the field. They aren't using the middle of the field. If you guys look. At, I don't personally look at the all 22, but when other people that I follow on, on X or Instagram, when they do it, I pay attention because you can see that the giants have receivers open and like every, every aspect of the, of the field. There's guys that are open five yards downfield. There's guys open 15 yards downfield. There's guys open fit 20 plus yards downfield. I think they just need to like, unleash isn't the word but they need to like turn their receivers loose i think they're playing too conservative trying to go for uh multiple short short gain uh possessions to keep moving down the field i i would really love to see them push the ball because you don't you don't you haven't seen them push the ball once this season you see maybe a deep pass to Jalen Hyatt that he'll tip off his fingers or get batted down or pass breakup and they won't throw it again, even though he was wide open. Like what is stopping you from throwing the same thing again when the player was wide open? I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's on the quarterbacks. Cause we don't know who's going to play this week. Um, I I I just don't understand how. Okay, it doesn't work this time. That's it. We're gonna shelf this play until maybe next week, or oh, we're gonna shelf Jalen Hyatt until next week, or oh, we're gonna shelf so and so. Like like that's not the way you you play football. It's a it's a growing game week in week out. I'm no I'm no coach. I'm no NFL player. Shit, I didn't even play a, a, I barely played a snap of high school football before I realized that it wasn't for me. Like, I, I, I just don't. I don't know why they're scared. I guess that's a good way to put it. Like Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, the entire coaching staff, besides besides Wink, they all are playing right now like they're scared to to do something. What that is, I don't know. But Castle, you probably share the similar frustration with me. Like, it looks like they're scared to test the receivers. And it shouldn't be like that because you brought in such great talent. And you still have guys like Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Huge veteran presences on this offense for the young guys. And they're not getting used. They're not getting utilized. I, I just think they're scared at this point. I I think they were Dallas was Dallas week one really really put them on the oh shit maybe we're not as good as we think we are and I think that like they just played so much more conservative you don't see them trying a trick play once or twice a game you don't see you don't see any of that and you saw you saw Brian Dable going for it in the first game last year. You saw him go for it on fourth down and they got a tut when they needed it. Why? Like, I, I don't understand the shift from we're going to let Danny Gunsling he led us to the playoffs last year and now it's I don't know if it's DJ not accepting the more weapons they put on his plate or if if it's the coaching staff realizing that they can't do what they want to do and it's changed their whole offensive outlook. I see see you guys like, like you nodded throughout like some of this. So I I assume you guys agree to an extent. Um, Even if you're outside, outside fans or not, it's, it's not hard to realize or not hard to see that there's something going on behind the scenes that this Giants team will practice throughout the week, and it's a different team that comes out on the field on Sunday or Monday or Sunday night or Thursday. It's it's a completely different team. Like hype, hype, hype all week long, and they come out on the field and then they're they're flat. I I I don't get it. I and I really hope I answered your question. Cause I know I I ranted a, a long time here. And I really hope it makes sense because at some point i was sitting here and hoping it made sense uh and i hope giants fans along with castle and i can are sharing these the same frustration but not uh not abandoning ship just yet like there's still optimism still hope we'll keep it there until deadline day
0: The one thing I just want to quickly add before we move on, I think the current issue, it's a combination of two things. And this is something we'll definitely continue to talk about as the season goes on with the Giants. One, I think they are playing extremely conservative because of how banged up the line is and how many sacks our quarterbacks have taken already. And two, as much as I love him and I love what he's brought to the team so far. I don't think Dable runs tough enough practices, which I think translates into the preparation and a little bit of the competitiveness into the games. And that's where I'll leave that. TJ unhinged. hinge. That, it's been a while
1: since I've heard TJ lash out like that. And It, it was like well-deserved because I know you and – Castle are definitely not the only ones who think this and feel this. A lot of other Giant fans I've talked to share the similar frustrations. And it's like like they have the same team as last year. You went, you made the playoffs, and O-line was a problem. Daniel Jones played very well, and okay, he's out right now. He missed last week, but quarterback was not the problem in the Buffalo game. Tyrod Taylor was solid.
3: Play calling
1: needs to improve mass Dramast- drastically. Wow, long day. <laughs> you
3: know what? Dram- Dramastically is now the word. Yes,
1: it is now the word.
3: <laughs> that is now the word that the Giants need to use to improve their offense.
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm surprised we're this far into the episode, and we we haven't heard Stevie. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean that'll definitely change, and somehow he'll make this about the Bears. But. We were talking earlier, all of us, and I I saw something, and I wanted to bring it to the podcast. I want to try something new here, and we know every year MVP award will probably go to a quarterback, either whether it's deserving or not. It is what it is. So I saw on ESPN they were doing something, saying, uh, as of right now, as of week six, who is the non quarterback MVP front runner? So we were talking about this earlier, and I want to let Stevie go first because somehow we haven't heard from him yet, and I'm sure he's got something cooking up there that he needs to get off his chest. So I'll let Stevie go first.
2: Well, thank you, Promise. That's very kind of you. Um, now nah, I've kind of been enjoying sitting back and watching TJ and Castle being. Yeah,
1: things. wait. How did it feel being like one of us? Like that—that that was probably that was the first time that you were silent for a rant.
2: Yeah, put did me it in the, feel the good. Perspective.
1: Did it feel good to like just actually listen to a rant and not be the one
2: giving it. Yeah, but I but I do enjoy just kind of like I do enjoy talking, so I do like going on rants. But it was funny, like listening. Not that I know, T G. You weren't meant to be funny. You were just getting that off your chest. But it's just it's funny to hear, like, because it's like that's what I usually am like. So, dude, I, like, just...
3: like like Josh said, I I don't come unhinged often i'm I try to more so be the voice of reason when, and if say, like Castle's the one ranting about the Giants, I try to bring a, a voice of reason and logic. Um, but as of right now, there's there's no reasoning and logic to to be had
2: no. I, I hope I hope one of these episodes we can rant. On just how proud and exciting our teams are, and that just has not seemed to happen during this entire time we've re- been recording three P. Um, what do you mean the Bears? P-
1: the, the Bears you're you're talking uh, positively about them every week.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, let me go back to your question. Hey,
3: Jeff, uh, I got his book here, and I'm applauding the Bruins for having a, such a phenomenal historic regular season.
2: Man, it sucks. Can't say better myself. So, anyways, my, my, um, my non-QB MVP so far of the 2023 NFL season. Now, I know Castle, uh, you got a guy in mind. So, I'm going to go with a different guy. And it's tough because this team actually has another guy, too, that maybe I'll just kind of say both. So, I'm going to say Tyreek Hill because if you look at his stats, a dude – has almost a thousand yards and it's not even like halfway into the season. Um, just about, but still, like, that's absurd. Like, some guys, if you get a thousand yards, just if you hit that thousand yard mark, you had a really good year. This dude's about to do it like before technically the halfway mark of the season. So, what does that go to show you? And the Dolphins are five and one. The other guy is Raheem Mostert. I mean, he's having a phenomenal year for the Dolphins who last year did not have a consistent rushing attack. And this year, him, he has been. And then that also has allowed, um, you know, Devin a chance to have a good year. But I think it really starts with Mostert being that main guy. And um, because pretty much he's, he's had one or two, you know, games where it's like, all right, it didn't do anything. But for the most part, He's been making big plays when it comes down to it. Him and Tyreek, and we know Tyreek has, and really Tyreek Hill has had a couple good years where he's he probably could have won MVP. Um, and it just seems like he's off to that solid start again. And yeah, I mean, like most are between the two of them, they just have the Dolphins clicking, and I think it's helping the defense, and it's obviously helping the offense, and it's just making. And listen, nothing against Tua. I I, I really like Tua coming out of college. But you saw it before the Dolphins got Tyreek, um, and even last year when they had Mostert, like Tua can get things done, but he's not going to be like Mahomes where he can just put it all on himself. Like he needs a guy like Tyreek. So really Tyreek is a most valuable player because he really transformed that Dolphins team. And then it, with help of Mike McDaniel calling the right plays and being an offensive genius. So yeah, those are my two guys. I'm uh, not that we're all picking two guys, but really Tyreek Hill. But if I had to choose someone less obvious, I really think Mostert because he's been huge for that team. Um, and obviously a lot of fantasy uh, owners love him too. So, uh, yeah. So, shout out to uh, what's Miami's area code? Do we know? It's the eight six five or what? What is it? Well, let me let me look it up. Let me look it up before I stop talking because Miami County know, uh,
0: 315. 315,
2: one five. All right. So shout out to 315. I don't know where I got uh the other one from. Um 305, I don't know, three one five, three oh five. I don't know, there's just a whole bunch.
3: Worldwide, three oh
2: five. Three oh five. Yeah, there we go. Three oh five. So uh that's yeah. It's
3: yeah. Miami Beach, South Florida kind of area. Yeah,
2: so that I that should that's that's exactly what I'm looking for. So shout out to three oh five, Shout-out rider. Uh those are my picks.
1: So I just want to play devil's app. Stevie, I can't let you get off the hook that easily. So, Ty Tyree on. Kill it makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure if you take them off the Dolphins, their offense would look completely different, no doubt. But if you're getting that much production from guys like Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert, who I think leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns, if I saw correctly, um HN or A Chain, depending on if you want to sound cool or not. I don't see how he can be considered the most valuable player in the league for non-quarterback if you're getting that production from other guys. Because, yes, Tyree Kill is putting up a lot of yards, a lot of points. He's blown by defenders. But what about a guy like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or A.J. Brown, for example? Like, Tyree Kill is definitely up there. But look at like who else he's got putting up production.
2: I, I get that. I mean, well, Justin Jefferson right now, the Vikings are not good. Jefferson is now hurt, so that's kind of tough to say him. As much as I like Justin Jefferson, he's now out for how many weeks? Um and even when he was playing doing well, they still weren't winning games. It, obviously the Eagles are winning games, but he was slow to start and then he picked it up the past couple weeks. Um, but then like DeAndre Swift was huge in the first go. Like, there's been a couple guys for them. Um, and obviously their defense has been playing well. And obviously, Jalen Hurts and the all line. Um, to me, it just seems like Tyreek Hill is like it's just you can guarantee him to make a couple big plays to put the Dolphins in really good position. And then it also allows guys like Mostert to make a couple big plays. So that's why I think for me he just is consistently making big plays and just torching teams and like he's due for one like 50 60 70 yard play and he will like get that he will he will get the just like TJ and Castle and myself are begging you know and probably you offensively for the jets are just looking like can we just score a point like Tyreek Hill will get that going like this with with like within a snap you know um so a lot of other guys aren't doing that, or if they, you know, or they do a little bit, but they don't, it's also not leading their team to wins, you know, like Tyree. So I just think right now, it just the Dolphins are just in the, you know, a good spot and it just everything's kind of, you know, clicking for them. And that's a, and Tyreek Hill's a big, big reason for that. So that's my rebuttal.
1: Okay. I'll allow it. Cause I mean, it's, it's not a wrong, it's not a wrong choice at all. Like it, it, can't argue with what he's doing and his yardage separation from second, third, fourth place is just absurd. The fact that he's gonna break, he's gonna pass a thousand yards by week seven. He's definitely sitting pretty to possibly break two thousand yards receiving this year. Uh, TJ,
3: do you have one? I do. And since we were talking pre-show, I heard some suggestions and some of uh, your who you guys were going to pick. And Josh, I really liked, I really liked where your head was at with uh picking defensively. I'm I'm not picking TJ Wood. Don't worry, but I'm picking somebody who's having a better season statistically. And that's Danielle Hunter for the Vikings. Yes. I know the Vikings are kind of in shambles right now, but Danielle Hunter has been a huge bright spot for them. And I will, I will tell you why on the season right now, he's got 32 tackles, eight sacks and a forced fumble. I know if you look at stats, uh, TJ Watt, I think, is directly below him. I th- I I don't know what stat separates Danielle they, Hunter. They, they both lead the league in sacks. Yeah, they both lead the league in sacks. Uh, relatively close in tackles, and I think TJ Watt has one more forced fumble. Um, but yeah, like if if uh, TJ Watt is gonna be a a guy that comes up in. Uh, non-quarterback MVP conversation I think he should also also show the love to 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 Hunter he's he's having just about as good of a season if if not give or take a little extra depending if you want to take record or uh, anything else into account but the the big men need love too and and I think I think this year may be the year that that we see a, a non quarterback MVP coming out of uh the AFC. It could be the AFC with the Steelers. It could be the NFC with with the with the Vikings. But it also could be it could be Max Crosby. A guy who isn't talked about a lot in in the same conversation as the big big DNs and and uh linemen and uh, edge rushers. Uh he actually just talked about that recently how he he wants to be taken more seriously and uh in in conversation when it comes to awards at the end of the season um I guess I'll I'll close out with this um if defense is finally getting recognition and getting in talks of MVP. I think this is the year that a defensive player will actually win MVP over an offensive player, whether it be NFC or AFC.
1: I did not expect you to go that route at all. That was was good, though. And you kind of like have skewed what I want to use to provide uh, my T.J. Watt take. So I'm going to have to think about that one some more. Castle, I'll let you go in the meantime while I try to cook something back up in favor of TJ Watt.
0: Surely. Great pick. TJ Hunter is one of my favorite defensive guys in the league. He's someone I wanted the Giants to trade for at one point. But if the Vikings are actually sellers and trade him, he's gonna go to a contender. Anyways, uh my pick is one of my favorite players in all of football right now. I have this guy in multiple fantasy leagues, and I could not be more happy. And that is Mr. Christian Jackson McCaffrey. What a season he is having. I don't want to just talk about the fact that, with the exception of last week, he's averaged a touchdown a week. Then there was that one week against Arizona, I think it was, where he had three. I want to just talk about the fact that how valuable he is to this San Francisco team. Even though they have talent across the board on offense, when you look at the production that Kittles had this year, he's had a maybe one or two decent few weeks, but there are some weeks where he hasn't been looked at at all. Debo Samuel has had his injury issues. Iuke gets fed a lot, but McCaffrey allows not only for this system to operate well, but he allows Brock Purdy for some of these games to, to catch his breath. I mean, the dude can just do so many good things with the run attack and the passing game. I mean, really that, I don't see any other running back in the game that, that can just play like he does. I think most of these guys, like, like Brees, for example, I'm using him as an example because he's having a great season. Haven't seen him done do too much in the passing game, not saying he's not capable of it, but he is just an angry, vicious, and top speed runner. McCaffrey can do that, and then he can also, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I'm sure one of you guys can help me out, is he, he has the equivalent pass game of so-and-so who's one of the best passing backs in the game. Kamara, Eckler, uh, yeah. you name it. Yes, thank you, thank you. Eckler, yes. So you take the combination of those two, of those two guys, and it's essentially morphed into McCaffrey. And he's just purely dominated this season. And I'm not knocking, you know, Brock Purdy or anything like that. I do think he's a good quarterback. But Kyle Shanahan, man, he he just does so many good things with this offense. And it's really built built around him. I mean, he he is the 49ers offense, and I don't know where this, this offense would be without him, considering the other factors of their big names like Debo and and Kittle, where Kittle, I don't know if he's fully healthy all the time. Some games, he looks like he's banged up. But my point is, if, if you're going to give the MVP to a non-quarterback and you're looking for a guy on the offense— To me, there's no contest. No dig at your pick, Stevie. Tyreek Hill is an insane receiver, and I give a lot of credit to Mostert, but I I really just don't see how you can give it to another non-quarterback offensive player.
1: Absolutely. I'm with you on that. I think, I mean, it hurts his chances for sure that he got hurt and is questionable now for Monday
0: night. But he, I really hope he plays. The only thing optimistic about that, for all of you fantasy McCaffrey owners like me is him and Trent Williams didn't practice today, which apparently isn't abnormal. Tomorrow is the day that you got to watch out for. But anyways.
1: Yeah, no, I like that pick, which I mean, if he doesn't play, then I would say that Stevie's pick of Tyree kill would start to jump the ladder, but it's very close between those two. So I'm going to wrap this up and talked about a little bit by TJ fitting. My pick is TJ Watt. And with the mess that is the Steelers, the only bright spot is TJ Watt. And I mean, it hurts his chances when you hear the numbers that Neal Hunter is putting up because everyone's talking about TJ Watt's sack, TJ Watt this and that, and how he's going to probably break the sack record. With his eight sacks so far through the first six game through the first six weeks. But you got guys like Hunter who are on his tail. But there's no one that is more impactful to a defense than TJ Watt. He single handedly has won the Steelers their only two games this year. And the win against Baltimore, I believe it was, his his fumble on Lamar was the reason they scored at the end of the game and their blowout win against the Texans TJ Watt was all over the field and uh no that was a loss actually there was another game well they had a big win TJ Watt was all over the field but it seems like whenever the Steelers win it's not it has nothing to do with their offense and everyone is yelling fire canada for their OC But everyone in Pittsburgh knows that it's T.J. Watt's team. And if they're going to score points, it's probably because of T.J. Watt somehow. And you don't see a guy like that on defense make that kind of impact. So if there is an MVP for someone that is not a quarterback, it's definitely T.J. Watt. And I do think he's going to break the
0: sack record this year. He is truly built different. Like just hearing about and no
1: offense to your pick, uh, TJ. I think Hunter's going to slow down at some point. Vikings defense is just trash. But hey, the fact that he's keeping up uh, this
3: far with TJ with TJ Watt, anything is possible. Hey man, no offense taken. They're just. It'll be fun to see the two of them just go kind of go duke it out towards the end of the season, and hopefully they kind of both stay on the same pace because that would be and just. And I do
1: like that you gave a shout-out to Max Crosby because that dude is also unreal. So, good picks by you. Sorry to cut you off, Castle.
0: No, I was just going to say, like, one of these years he's going to win it. Like, not only his dominance as a player, but the fact that he just battles through these injuries. Like, I I feel like he's uh, maybe not a dying breed of the type of defensive player, but he's he's rare i think in that sense where you don't see a lot of guys these days especially defense play through those crazy injuries and still dominate like maybe it's something in the watt genetic yeah i was going to say the only guy that comes to
1: mind is his brother jj and yeah we saw or we heard that he has broken fi- broken sprained fingers but it's not impacting him famous bloody
0: be- nose yeah
1: him. It, it's ridiculous. I don't know what's in the water out in Wisconsin or wherever they are, but yeah, those WAP boys are something else. All right, so those are our picks. What do you want to say, Stevie?
2: Shout out to Wisconsin, the Badgers. Well, I'm not. Now look at them.
1: You happy you got then, that in?
2: But then but I will say shout out to the Bosa brothers too because they're nasty. Ohio State, so it's cool watching like the groups of brothers, like
1: and the J- the Jets dominating. got got uh two Williams.
2: brothers, so they went to different schools, but but brothers. still, yeah, no, that's cool. So yeah, I I like to see the brothers, you know, uh, like having the siblings playing um same teams, different teams, but dominating, and you know, it's good, it's good for the league, good for uh, you know, because I my brother and I we played football together at uh Stratford High, so you know, kind of have some connections with that. So that, that I'll just leave it at that. Hey,
1: well, speaking of brothers, uh, playing sports, not by blood, but by, uh, team, I guess. Stevie, what's going on in Philly these days? Seem like, uh, there's supposed to be a happy marriage between Harden and Embiid and Harden and Daryl Morey. And, Now Now he's not practicing. Now he's not practicing. He's saying Daryl Morey's a snake, and he doesn't trust him. And, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a happy ending in Philly. Things are not always sunny in Philly, and that's kind of where Sixer fans are. They thought it was over once they got rid of Simmons, but here we are again having the same song and dance.
2: It seems like it might be worse with Harden. And it's funny because it's like everything else, Philly's going their way between the Phillies and the Eagles. Um, obviously, it's early in the flyer season, but they looked good in the couple games they played. And I, oh, you were about a flyer,
3: they're the flyers. Shut up. Yeah, I,
2: I, I know. Say, I know, you were about I was... to
1: wake up and a, a very sleepy but pissed off TJ. Yeah,
2: but I'm just saying, you know, they probably think they're you know hot stuff after. Well, their... it's Philly, they always think they're hot, stuff. yeah. Um, but no, I, it, it's funny because. I just, it, it seems like with James Harden lately, and I kind of had that feeling when he went to Brooklyn, um, ever since his, like towards the end of his Houston era to now, to then Brooklyn to now Philly. I'm just like, I don't know why teams want him. It, it's, it's, it's kind of like the Kyrie situation where it's almost, and probably even worse now. Like Kyrie, like he just says some like random stuff like in press conferences, but for the most part, he goes out and he plays, you know? um but Harden like he's just he's like kind of stubborn with like in some of his ways and like I just don't know why what kind of switched because with OKC he was a six man then he got the role and he wanted out because he wanted that bigger role and OKC was limiting him MRI I understand that so you go to Houston you're the star there you played you know he led them to a lot of like um high seeds and to and he never made the finals with them but he was a talk, you know, he attracted other players to go there and then, all right. Then he played for Houston a while and they were, weren't going anywhere and they were kind of like falling down. So I get it. You want to go somewhere else Then you team up in Brooklyn. That doesn't work out. So you want to team up in Philly. So it's like, I don't, I don't know where, like where else he can go. That it's just going to work. It just seems like wherever he goes now is not going to work. Um, and the fact that it's this close to opening day and he's not, like, reporting to practice is very concerning. And obviously, the Sixers will be, like, fine without him because they got Embiid, who he did win MVP last year, right? The year before. The year oh, before, yes. Right.
1: Yes. No, no, no. You are right. I got Yeah, my Jokic won the year before. Jokic won finals MVP and Embiid yeah. won regular season. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. I got my ears mixed um,
2: up. Now you're good. And it's kind of convenient. You know, now it's going to be the new season anyways. so... But yeah, so you got the reigning MVP, Tyrese Maxey's good, uh, Tobias Harris is still pretty solid, so like, they'll be fine, and to be honest, I think they'll be better without Harden, because even Harden playing now just isn't the same guy, so yeah, I don't know why, but then I don't know why Daryl Worley is, um like, dude, get him off your team, bro, like, I don't know why he's like, oh... We still want how many first-round – like, you're not getting first-round picks for James Harden anymore. It's not prime – it's not what Brooklyn had to send to get him coming out of Houston. Like, he's not the same player anymore. And then you're seeing all this negative stuff around him where he's not reporting to practice. Like, who wants to go give up all these top assets to get him and and then bring that that culture into their culture it just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know if I was Like if I was a GM, I would just ship them off. Like, you know what? I can't take this anymore. Get it like the net, like the nets did. I'll give the nets credit. They like realized, all right, we gave it a swing. We had three, three of the top guys in the league. It did not work out, but they didn't like waste any more time. So not only did they ship off Kyrie to Dallas completely, just the other side of the country ship Harden to Philly, which was close, but it was like, whatever they let our division rivals deal with him. And then he even shipped off KD, but like they at least they at least uh, who's your GM again? Um, Shaw Marks. Yeah, at least he had like the balls to move on. It was like I we can't do this anymore. This is ruining our our culture and our team. And then look how much better you got when you got guys like Mikel Bridges who actually focus on basketball. I don't know why the, you know. So then now it's like, could he possibly? Could this situation possibly drive? make the Sixers worse than drive Embiid out of Philly. Because I've seen the reports and I even saw one today that there's nothing nothing into it. And I don't know you might get into it, but something about Embiid possibly wanting to go to New York, or even if he doesn't go to New York, Embiid might want out soon. You know? Because if, if he sees like they're not going anywhere and then you have stuff like this, like why would he want to stay? So And then you see
1: how teams like Milwaukee are forming and a team like Boston is forming. I'm sure
2: it's scary because those guys, Dame lives for basketball. Giannis lives for basketball. Now you compare those two, who two of the top players together that just want to win, and Giannis has won before. And then you have Celt- uh, TJ, you know your Celtics, Jalen Brown, Tatum, like guys that just live oh, for basketball. Oh, and they brought too. in
1: Drew Holiday, who's won
2: before. Exactly. and Who and, enjoys uh, basketball?
1: Tingus. Oh, don't leave Tingus Pingus out of this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Leave him out of there. But, you know, hey, the- um, he's on my team.
3: I will I will I will I will dictate when the slander can come or go.
2: Well,
1: Castle, Castle I, I was going to say Castle could warn you.
3: Yeah. He
0: he might be tall. He might be able to shoot, but my friend Tingus Pingus will break your heart. And don't he just shoot. wanted he just wanted out
2: of he just wanted out of New York. And you know who really breaks his heart is uh brother. He he carries some baggage Christoph's with his brother, so good luck with that. The insane, the same.
3: Hey, I mean, if you look at the Celtic season, the last, or the Celtic season's last two seasons, we're we're used to dealing with baggage.
2: Yeah, so, oh, there you go. But, I don't know, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, promise, I agree with you. There are some really good groups. And even, Castle, I'll give it to your Knicks. Like, they got a good group of guys that, like, Brunson. Like, you got the Villanova guys now who just, love like, love playing with each other and love basketball. So, like, there's a lot of teams that don't have this job Josh Hart just needs just, to
1: stay off Twitter. That's about it. Yeah, and
2: it's funny when he was uh when Sexy Dexy did his um intro and he called himself Sexy Dexy and then Josh Hart was like, this dude really calls himself Sexy Dexy. He does, he's got to learn. He's got to learn. But get there. Um, get
0: there.
2: Yeah, he he will. He's still kind of new to New York and you know? he's only been there for half a season, so but yeah, no, I I, I think that from Philly like I said, they're still going to win games cuz they have talent, but this relationship is, is not going to get any better. I'll just say it like that. And you know what? For, for us, you know, for – not that it totally affects me, but it kind of does because they're in the East, but, um, like, let them – let them if they're this is what they want, let them fall apart, and then it'll help the Nets, it'll help the Knicks, help the Celtics. It'll so even help make, the Bulls.
1: You're on the East. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. It'll help us for – you know, so, yes, we're not in the division, but we're in the same conference. So, you know, let them just tank if they're going to – not that they will tank, but – they're going to have problems and like locker room issues, issues all year. Like let them have it because really this situation was easy to solve. Just move on from him. But for some reason they don't want to move on and he's not scared to make a fuss about it, you know, and not nothing's yeah, making fuss. Si- he's just not reporting.
1: I think the situation honestly is far from over and I think it'll just continue to get worse. Is like, we've seen what Harden will do and to make things even funnier I think I saw Shams or Wode report that he's actually back in Houston right now.
2: Yeah, I saw that too. I like so he's not even. It's not like he's in the Philly area and kind of like he's <laughs> not even in the in the season starts like Tuesday. Like
1: the only it's, thing I guess that would be funnier is if he was in New York. But I mean, it's it, kind he's of funny known, that he's in. It's yeah, funny that out he's of all like, places he's back in Houston. Like, yeah, you just can't make it up.
3: It's because he's, yeah. he's a VIP at the strip clubs.
0: Exactly. He's away from the team due to a personal matter. He needs to make sure that cinnamon's doing okay and 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 that's okay, James, you know. Fulfill your personal matters.
3: Jim. Like, it's it's Jim. So now,
0: so now I got to ask you guys, you think this
1: is going to be a situation like Houston where he reports back just in time for opening day and he wears that bodysuit and he'll magically put on 50 pounds and look out of shape out of weight he'll get traded and then somehow magically lose 50 pounds
0: this is just the guy's mo and and it's really it's really like i don't know if it's sad or frustrating how you want to say it but the fact that a guy of his talent and caliber pulls this shit it, you just look at him you're like what what's going on in 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 this guy's head seriously and you know i, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what he did he shows up right before the season maybe he's not wearing the full on body suit, but like he's looking sluggish like just oh, no he's way-
1: definitely going to look sluggish cuz he hasn't practiced that's right but i he, saying- he's even when he's healthy from experience he's far from being one of the more mobile athletic guys and not quite the uh star on defense
0: so. right and and it's and and listen i would never I, well i don't recognize these fans as people so if i'm a supporter of philly Again, I don't know if they're people, animals. I, I don't know who these people are, but if I show enthusiasm for a team out of Philadelphia, I want Harden gone. I mean, at, like, just at that point, just start going into a some sort of rebuild mode, or try to get a guy that can that can play with Embiid. Now, in terms of the speculation with and bead and the knicks i mean listen i've seen a bunch of it i'm not gonna start this because having him and randall on the same team is like an overdose on advil and in one night but hey it helps that they're now
1: uh, the faces of a a certain shoe company
0: yeah great my my future kid now has his role models already i mean that that's a topic for a different night but if I'm if I'm the Philly front office, I am planning to make a big deal for Harden and try to keep Embiid because at the end of the day, we might have our feelings about Embiid and the team he plays for, but he is so much more valuable to to the Sixers than than Harden will ever be. He he's 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 the leader and he's the face of the team, even though he has his injuries and and whatnot the only way that you you get rid of him too is if you're in a full rebuild and Sixers have been a top team in the East so are they really going to be are they really going to do this now especially when Dames with the Bucks. I don't know it's 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 messy and you know what I, I won't feel bad for them as much as I as much as I did for the Nets but a, a little a little sympathy that they that they got stuck with this guy and and this is how this is how it's going to pan out and you might have a little bit of sympathy, sympathy well, but you i don't. sure as
1: hell don't i'm hey, loving don't every second of it and the only thing i think for me at least that would make it better is if ben simmons is actually healthy and all the way back but that's a conversation
3: for another
0: time right it's um but overall i mean the the creatures of of philly can just munch on their cheesesteaks
3: and root for good old Jim. Man, I got I got one last one last thing to say. Um I was going to chime in before, but you guys are just meshing and flowing. Um I just wish I could throw a temper tantrum and get paid millions of dollars and go wherever I want to go. I I wish I could do that. But then again, I'm I'm not a grown ass man acting like a 12-year-old child. That didn't get a toy at Walmart, um, and, and like kind of like you said, Josh, uh, this this actually it impacts all of us, and I don't know if you like it more because you've had experience with Jim on your team, or if it impacts me just because the Celtics whoop their ass every time they see him, and the mesh the 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 not the mesh uh the them not having the having the locker room issues that they will evidently have if James Harden isn't traded it's just going to impact their product on the court trust the process the process is flawed my friend there is something going on where your gm is handcuffed to James Harden, kind of like how the Jets are handcuffed to Randall Cobb. Not in the same sense, but as How does I somehow or, get a jab at that? I mean it's it's, not, it's not as not necessarily not, it's not necessarily a jab. I'm just talking about like No, it's a definitely a jab. <laughs> no, because your your team is your team wants or your fans want your team to move on, but your team your team won't. Fans want Philly to move on, but they won't. That's where I'm getting at here. I'm not jabbing at your Jets, bro.
1: You could have used any other team, you could have said the Cowboys are your hands. It, it's the deck. only
3: because we talked about it. I know it's today. It, it is funny because we talked about it yesterday. Yeah, it's just the, the first thing that came to mind. I'm not poking fun at your Jets because they're doing better than my Giants. So I really have nothing to say about. All I can do is laugh it
1: off because I
3: but did not expect that at all. That was like good. It just seems like Daryl Morey just is obsessed with James Harden, and just it's like it's like a crazy ex girlfriend. Like she, she just she just keeps coming back, and and you you won't move on. You know it's toxic. You know it's bad for your mental health. And you still won't move on. You keep going back. I don't get it. I don't understand. But it benefits all of our teams because we're all in the East. And if they crumble, we'll all be having the popcorn ready.
1: Finally wrap this up. This kind of seems like basketball's version of any Taylor Swift breakup. Except no one's going to be singing and dancing. Well, someone might. And it's probably going to be Steve. But anyway, Stevie. I want you to stop your dancing for now. Give us your first uh, start of the week, so we could uh, end the show finally.
2: Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to keep it simple, and <laughs> it's funny. I'm going against. Uh, I'm picking a guy who's going against the Bears, but that just kind of helps his matchup. But um, it was Jacoby Myers. I've really been impressed with like um, his like performances so far this season, and especially back to back weeks, he's gotten um, he scored a touchdown, so he's gotten like you know, 15 plus points first week of the season. He got like almost 25 points or maybe over 25 points, depending on if you play a full point PBR. So yes, Jimmy G is out. So that might affect it a little bit, but um, obviously all the attention is going to go on Devontae and Jacoby Myers been solid. And I'm sure whether they play Aiden O'Connell or uh, Brian Hoyer, they're, they're going to target Myers. And I think Myers will be good. Um, to get it, you know, get some yards and catch, especially like I said against the Bears. Because the Bears rush defense actually has been pretty good this year, but the pass defense still has been really, really bad. So and overall the defense is not look good in the slightest. So that's for the advantage of Jacoby Myers. So yeah, if you got him, play him. I kind of wish I had him right now. All
1: right. Stevie, also,
2: Fields, is he playing or what? No, nah, he's he's definitely out for this week. Um, I think I don't think he needs surgery, so it, you know, his timeline, they say, is one to four weeks. Really, it's whenever he's able to grip a ball. So, he's definitely not playing this week, but we'll see. Check back next week.
1: All right. Thank you for that, Mr. Uh, Stevie Schefter. All right. Uh, Castle, I'll let you go. I think TJ still
0: needs to cool down from that rant. So, was debating if I wanted to be bold and... I think I'm going to be bold with this pick. And this is not a guy I'm saying to start at wide receiver one. I'm going to say either wide receiver two, maybe. Or going to say he's going to be a great flex. This might be biased, but I feel like. I've been a little too conservative with my picks, so I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to go with the Giants player, and I'm going to go with Wandale Robinson. He's been the most consistent receiver this week, uh, this season so far for the Giants, excuse me, this season. Saquon, I don't think, is 100%. He will play this week, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot of explosiveness from him. They're going to be shadowing Darren Waller a lot. And they just love to throw to Wandale in the quick game. And that's going to guarantee you a good chunk of points. And I'm going to even go even more bold by saying, if any Giants receiver will score a touchdown, it will be him. So if you need someone to give you a boost in the flex position, like I said, Washington... Aside from their front, their guys in the front, not too crazy about their their secondary, as we really saw against uh, the Bears and what Fields did against them. So, Wandale Robinson, maybe a wide receiver too. Definitely a solid flex going into this week against the Commanders.
1: I think Washington secondary is also banged up. Their rookie is hurt, right? Forbes.
2: No, they just benched him because he's hasn't been playing well. So they just straight up benched him. Oh, that's
1: what it was. Okay. I yeah. knew he wasn't playing. I wasn't sure if it was an injury
2: or not. No, they just uh they haven't liked what he he got torched by the Bears and the team they played before the Bears and um
1: And the Patriots picked right after him and they took Christian Gonzalez, who he's obviously hurt, but he, he was playing policy. stellar football. He was so good.
2: Yeah. So, I, and listen, I, I think Forbes will be good eventually, but it, listen, it's tough, dude. Like, not everyone could just come in and be like a sauce or, you know, or Jalen Ramsey and those types. Like, it, they have immediate impacts. Yeah. It's a big transition.
1: But it's fun to overreact about football. McVeigh does it. We do it. So, as of right now, I'm sure Washington wants to take that back. But, Still early. it's only six games into their career
3: uh Tj round out uh the group and then I'll go word uh, this one may may be an actually it may not be a no-brainer because their offense is kind of a question mark right now um and that's uh start George pickens <laughs> he I have him in my on my fantasy team he He's consistent enough to get you to get you the amount of points you need. Now, I don't know if you want him to be your starting wide receiver like me, or if you want to put him in your flex, uh put him in the second wide receiver spot. Um the biggest uh play or uh not the biggest play, but uh I, I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh the biggest impact on this game won't be how the teams uh, perform. It'll be the play calling. And we all know what a mess the offensive play calling is right now in Pittsburgh. You're even seeing fire Matt Canada chance at PPG arena for penguins games. It's, and I'm sure if the pirates were in the playoffs, you'd be hearing it at PNC as well. They're a very passionate group. And when they want change, they're going to make sure they're heard. Now, I don't think Mike Tomlin's the type of guy to to fire a coach midseason. But honestly, that may be the, the wake-up call that they need. And if, if Matt Canada is out, I think Pittsburgh's offense will be much scarier in terms of they'll be able to actually move the ball and not be a laughing stock for three quarters or four quarters or however, like the Giants are. Um and yeah, like they just need to they need to spread the ball. Obviously to pickens would be great. But just spreading the ball would be would be a huge help to the Steelers the Steelers offense. And for my own personal uh Gain, and hopefully for many others out there, start George Pickens, and hopefully he gets a bulk of those, uh, bulk of those touches.
1: I like how you pick Pickens, Castle pick Wandale. because I kind of see the Giants and the Steelers in the same boat, like offensively, definitely. Steelers, it helps that they have T.J. Watt, but the Giants' defense also, like, they've looked much better the last few weeks, especially Kayvon Thibodeau. We haven't talked about him enough.
3: And uh, Bobby Okereke getting that's right in, into the system. He had a phenomenal game against the Bills, but that's a topic for another day.
1: Yes, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more next week when we talk to more Giants. Castle, if he's not lost all brain cells from screaming and this and that, I'm sure I'll want to talk more about uh, the defensive side of the Giants because that usually makes him a little less annoyed.
0: I should be sober by next week's
3: episode.
1: Hopefully. Depends how Sunday goes, though. I wouldn't
3: blame you if you're not.
1: Tune in to next week's episode to find out. Uh, But to wrap up uh, the starts for this week, I'm going to go with a tight end. I believe I saw that it is uh, National Tight End Day Sunday, so I think it's obvious that tight ends are going to be heavily involved, and I'm going to go with John New Smith of the Falcons. No one knows what the deal is with Kyle Pitts, and he did score last week, but so did John U. Smith, and he's kind of been the go-to guy after Drake London for Desmond Ritter, consistently getting six touches. Had, a touch, had his first touchdown of the season last week, but the last three weeks, 15 points, 10 points, 13 points. Before that, 8.7 points in both. Uh, the two games that he played. So he's kind of gotten used to this Falcons offense. And even though it looks ugly often, and they need to continue to feed Bijan, John U. Smith is a very safe start. And he's now, according to ESPN, tight end, he's in the top 10 for tight ends. So Kyle Pitts, you're going to be, continue to be sitting on everyone's bench while John U. Smith, uh, is going to continue to start. He's starting for me in my league, and I have no plans on moving him out anytime soon. So that is my start. I'll wrap up all of our starts. I might as well start off with a sit. Unless Stevie wanted to jump in. No, he was just moving. Let's see. I actually didn't really think about a sit.
2: I got one. Okay. And, and maybe maybe it's so big that... No one else even wants to go. But that's Austin Eckler. What? how do you say it, Austin Eckler? I don't know, but you do. He hasn't even been back more than two weeks, Stevie. You're killing me. I, I, I'm just going to say this. Just watching the Chargers offense, just I, I was, I don't know, against Dallas. I know Dallas has a pretty good defense, but with Herbert kind of, and you would think, Oh, uh, they would feed it to, I don't know. I just, for some reason, something's not clicking right now. um. And I know they brought over Kellen Moore to help it click, but I just haven't seen, I haven't really. And I know like week one, he had a good week and they got hurt, but I don't know. I think with Mike Williams going out and just, I was just not thrilled with the offense and then, they're going against the chiefs defense who has played really well. And then Chris Jones is going to be a menace causing pressure up front, probably on every single play. The linebackers have been good for Kansas city and even the secondary has been. So like the chiefs have been, you know, like both offenses have not looked good. Um, and then who knows, maybe I'll say this and both offenses will go off, but I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle more so than an offensive battle uh, because both offenses have struggled so far this year. So to me especially with um and really eckler he does best is like catching the ball out of the back backfield um so listen obviously he does well getting it handed off to him but you can only hand it off to him so many times like you need you need to get him open in space and he you know receiving wise so to me i just don't i just don't see it um for this week, you know, maybe, I don't know what his matchup is next week, but I don't know, I, I think, obviously, no, he's, like, an RB1, and he's always drafted high, and it's tough to bench him, but if you got some nice surplus of running backs on your team, I would I would bench him and see how it goes. If he goes off, then you know he's probably pretty good, but he might have a, kind of like Jonathan Taylor. Like, Jonathan Taylor now is slowly coming back, and I haven't. I'm, I'm like, waiting to play him, but it's tough because it's like he hasn't really like hit um, shift gear yet, you know, and, and so I just, I think the same might be, might be the same with Eckler is all I'm saying, so if you can bench him, bench him, if not, you know, listen, I, I get it, I'm just, it's my little advice, so, just trying to do my part of the segment.
1: Right, and I'm gonna follow your suit and also be bold, and you're not gonna like this, but you're gonna understand why. That's DJ Moore. Solely Solely just for the fact that Justin Fields is not playing, I don't know who your backup quarterback is. And you're Tyson Bajan. Yeah, you're gonna say his name, but honestly, you don't know who he is either. This I time, do. I
2: know everything about him. His father last
1: year, I believe, he was playing in Division Two.
2: Uh, I think it was a uh, Shepherd's like University, Shepherd's College, something like that.
1: That you said you know everything about him, and you didn't really know where he went. So well, I don't know. Start. I know it's.
2: I know it's like Shepherd. I don't know if it's University or College. I don't I don't know that's I, I
1: you don't know anything about him.
2: His father, I'm pretty sure, is an arm wrestling champion.
1: Hey. Okay. I don't know what that has to do with him being a football player, yeah. but
2: No, I'm 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 just saying I like that's something that most that some people might not know about him.
1: Hey, okay. so and he
2: does sure. have a six sleeve. He's got a six sleeve. Got some dope tattoos. He's got kind of a swaggy, we'll say that for an undrafted guy.
1: Okay. Well, we don't know what he could do on the field. Versus an NFL defense. And after a week of game planning and preparing, I just think that the Bears are going to be very, very vanilla with their play calling, a lot of runs, short passes. And yes, I'm sure they'll try to feed DJ Moore the ball a lot. But I also think that this is one of those games where they're going to try to get Colcom at the ball a lot because, you know, he's their big tight end and he's been working into the offense. He's especially in the red zone. So, I think it's just a very risky play to start D.J. Moore because he is more of a deep threat when Justin Fields is out there, like we saw in the Washington game. D.J. Moore, I think, is more like a flex wide receiver two option. Definitely not a wide receiver one. So if you need to start him, I guess be cautious because I really do not see – I don't see him having an explosive uh, week. You you understand that that said, Stevie?
2: I I do I do I do. He, listen, at the end of the day, you can sit whoever you want, but no, it's understandable. And plus, I think like last week, um, he did try to target more deep, and he just didn't really have the arm strength, and there was some pressure. So, uh, no, it's funny because yeah, he was going against Division two schools like probably mm-hmm. less than a year ago, and now he's tasked with leading the Bears. You know, so it's that's a lot of pressure and. And even DJ Moore commented last week that like he had three Vikings players on him because who else like Mooney hasn't really done anything. And not, you know, as much as like Comet could be a factor, he's not like he's not like a Kyle Pitts or like a Travis Kelsey where like you you are not gonna double triple team him. So yeah, Moore's the guy that you're gonna put all the attention on. Uh hence why the Bears need like a Marvin Harrison or, you know, another top receiver, but <laughs> that's that.
1: Yeah, that one was coming. I, I think I walked my I walked into that one, so I'll take the blame for that one. Uh, TJ, I'll let you give your sit, and then Castle round us out.
3: Uh, this might also be bold, but I've really liked what I've seen out of this this team's performance, or the this aspect of this team's performance in the last uh, two three games. And I want you to sit Washington's receivers against the Giants defense. Now, yeah, it's it's bold. It, it, as folks will, if you've gotten through this part of the episode or have gotten to this part of the episode, you'd probably be surprised that I'm talking highly of the Giants, but I am. And we we saw it last week the the defensive front was able to get much more pressure on Josh Allen than we we've seen in recent games um we've seen uh guys like Bobby Okereke take huge steps in uh in a new in a new defense and is finally coming uh out of his shell in a sense he he was all over the field He was batting balls. Uh, He was uh, getting in the way, getting hands up, uh, doing everything you want out of your star linebacker. But I'm only telling you to sit receivers because there is a member of this Giants defense who has essentially locked down all the people that he's guarded, some top names as well. And that's Tay Banks. He's he's playing kinda way above my expectations because Josh, you were so lucky, lucky and and uh not spoiled, but spoiled in a sense that you had a top-notch corner directly out of the draft. And when the Giants took uh, Tay Banks, I know a lot of fans were already like, "Oh, we we expect him to play well," but nothing compared to Sauce Gardner. I'm not saying he's doing what Sauce is, what Sauce did his rookie year, but shit, as as a first year rookie out of Maryland, Tay Banks has done an incredible job keeping names like Tyreek Hill um DK Metcalf Stefan Diggs he's he's kept those guys to three maybe four receptions and i think the longest or the most amount of yards one of them had was 35 on like four catches and maybe eight targets man that, that kid that kid is going to be special and i'm i'm very glad that I have a bright spot to talk about, and I think with Wink, with Wink now that this defense is kind of not running on all cylinders, but I'd say about five and a half out of six cylinders they're running on right now. They're they're like they they will they still need to figure out some issues, but as of right now, I think. I think we might see a run-heavy Washington offense because the Giants' defense isn't going to be suffocating, but it'll be enough for uh, for Sam Howell to think twice before, th- before throwing a deep ball, per se.
1: Bank is closed on Sunday. I like it. So, Castle, uh, round us out and give the final sit
0: of the night. All right, so I'm going to stick... On the trend of wide receivers, um, and that is the wide receiver number one for the New York Jets, Garrett Wilson. Um, I don't really like his matchup this week against the bye week, so if you start him, you're not going to get any points. So definitely sick Garrett Wilson. Now, but um, if you want a serious one, uh, Hollywood Brown with the Cardinals. I don't know what the situation with Kyler is, regardless of if it's him or bald Jesus. Um, um, Seahawks got a really good secondary, which we saw TJ firsthand uh, that primetime game. They got a lot of young talent. Hollywood Brown is their number one guy. Definitely going to expect a heavy game from Zach Hertz. So, um, So, yeah, sit Hollywood Brown. And definitely sit Garrett Wilson because he will get you a goose egg. Sorry, Josh.
1: That first one was definitely disappointing to hear. But uh, I'm going to have to take your word as you sounded very adamant about Garrett Wilson getting zero points this week. So I'm going to have to find another option this week. But uh, I like that set of Hollywood. Because also I have Rondell Moore in one of my leagues and I like what he's been doing for Arizona. So maybe he can vault into being the wide receiver one in Arizona. but regardless, thank you all for listening. And if you have made it this far, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I'm sorry you had to sit through all of that and listen to unhinged TJ and Stevie B himself because it's always a mess when Stevie talks. But um, yeah, no, thank you, T j, for handling our social media doing a great job and who knows maybe uh we got some cool content coming out from this episode i'm not sure but that's up to tj thank you all the listeners and have a good night